Are you thinking, is this it? Waking up in the morning and, ugh, I have to go to work? When is it going to end? If you ever wonder why we ask questions during our podcasts. Nah, you just listen for the free tips. We ask questions for you to get coaching without paying the expense of a private coach. And for you to get help right away because the world needs you to be better. And now it's even easier for you to get the inspiration you need to make your life and relationships meaningful with the Building Better Relationship Journal and Meditation, your personal coaching journal that finds the gold in you that makes life joyful and, yes, worth getting out of bed every morning, along with the Building Better Relationships Meditation that attracts the energy and love you want in your life. What are you waiting for? Yeah, baby, this is it. Live love now. To learn more and to purchase the Building Better Relationships at Home and Work Journal and Meditation, go to https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash bbr journal. That's https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash bbr journal. You can find the link in the show notes. Building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In today's episode, Angela and Patty discuss forgiving family members and hurtful words. Have you ever said something so hurtful and regretted it? The same is true for family members who have said angry, hurtful words to you. Hurting people lash out at others. Words hurt profoundly and a lot of times are not forgotten. Speaking in anger can be dangerous for all relationships, even if it is accurate and how you are feeling at that moment in time. The damage has been created and really can't be taken back. The overthinker can cause a wound so deep that it won't heal within themselves unless the thought is resolved. Patty, can I ask you a question here about what you mean by an overthinker? How do overthinkers take words and make them hurtful? (laughs) Overthinkers will think about the situation over and over and try to understand why those words were spoken to them. What motivated that person? They'll make up stories in their their head about it, and it will continue to fester. And that's what I mean by it won't heal, because they're telling a story, and it gets 
overthought and they think and think and think about it and they obsess about it and they won't let it go. So it will continue to hurt because they're thinking about it all the time and it could go on for days, months, years because that thought is there continuously because they're thinking about it all the time. Thanks. Yeah, that that sounds like it's probably a habit we should try to change or transform. Yes. So it helps me when I think about hurtful words to think about why. Why do we say hurtful words? And it's helpful to understand why people become habituated to saying these hurtful things. When you understand why people say hurtful things, it can help you to see underneath the words to the hurt that the person is experiencing. So you don't just automatically think they're an awful person (laughs) and should be banished like I do. (laughs) Patty often says in our podcasts that hurt people hurt other people. What I see is that people who are hurt have no way to heal that hurt or resolve it, so they project it out on others, like spitting out that poison inside of them, or similar to when you spit out something that you don't like the taste of in your mouth. The thing is, it seems pretty stupid to spit out your hurt on someone else if you want to stay friends with them. So why would we do that? Well, monkey see, monkey do. Everyone is doing it, so so am I too, philosophy. But then sometimes people don't even realize what they say hurts others, while others don't have any filters at all, and they just blurt out what they are thinking instead of pausing, reflecting, and asking themselves, If someone said this to me, how would I feel? It becomes a pattern. I can dump on this person because they're family. They have to love me no matter what. Yeah, we do tend to think that they should love us, but we can't just beat them up. So one way to look at how we are like monkeys is to see how we're parented. As we are parented, if we see our parents bickering or projecting blame on each other or other family members, we're very much, in fact, we're destined to do the same, just like monkeys copy other monkeys in their nurturing habits. I'll share my example of hearing my parents' voices in my head, which you may recognise yourself in. When I go around the house, I see little things that annoy me where my partner has placed something in a way that I don't like or I don't think they should do it that way. And then in my head, I hear the exact same complaints of my mother that the way my mother used to complain about my father or us as kids. She would complain about how my father had put something things in the house the way that she didn't like. Now, I don't have a big apartment, 
And the little things that my partner misplaces or puts somewhere I don't like are not huge or terrible, but the voices in my head are very terrible. (laughs) The voices in my head are literally my mother getting angry about how we, the kids, and my dad damaged her perfect house by placing items where they shouldn't be or how we used to leave crumbs on the table. And I can hear these voices. I see how silly my complaints are when I hear those voices. And sometimes when I speak them out loud to my partner, they are literally the same words my mother used, the same back and forth that she would have with my father. And I have my volume toned down a little bit from my mum, but it's the same energy. And I can't stop myself saying these things to my partner, even though I know that they come from my mum and her conditioning. It's called conditioning for a reason. And it's deep because mum would yell at us all the time. So now imagine if you marry or join a family that is conditioned over generations, several generations, to say hurtful things to each other. The conditioning of the family has been happening generation after generation. And maybe that family went through serious hardship in their previous generations, like poverty, war, suicide, losing children, abuse, and on and on. Our current world and lifestyle, for most of us, is a lot better off physically than our ancestors. So we don't understand how hurt is passed down through traumatic living conditions. You may understand if you have living memory of traumatic situations and if your family has told you the stories of how they were hurt But if you take a moment to think about it, a family that goes through trauma, struggle for survival or physical hurt are much more conditioned to be hurtful to others because they are struggling for survival. Many times I've worked with clients who were hurt as children and when they are looking at their younger self, the child can't understand why their parent was hurtful to them. However, when we start to consider how their parent was raised, the person starts to naturally feel compassion for the parent because they see how the parent was hurt and they had no other way to respond. Angela, just like you, I've caught myself numerous times saying things that my parents have said then reflecting on why I did that. Breaking family dynamics, habits, or patterns is hard, but it can be done. When the family sees the change in your behavior towards them positively and no more playing into the hurtful words or conduct, shifts start to happen in the positive. You are no longer saying hateful, unkind, hurtful words back. How do you forgive? This is the hardest thing for most people. Unforgiveness is a poison on your soul and spirit. People with unforgiveness spill it out on others, and the cycle continues on down the line. Believe me, I have unforgiveness in my heart towards a few people, and the only person it hurts is me. 
it is not hurting them. Not forgiving is a family trait, and I learned it well. I truly want to, it to stop with me and not continue to trickle down the family line. Angela, I know you work with people to remove ancestral bad behavior and karma. I hope that's correct, what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please explain how you can help with unforgiveness, hurtful behaviors, and to stop the cycle of harsh words. The simplest way is to start listening to the story you have made about the person when they have said the hurtful words. So at the beginning of the podcast, Patty, you mentioned that overthinkers make up stories. We all do that. Even if you don't consider yourself an overthinker, we all make up stories. So you, you, if you're listening now to this podcast, you can do that now. Take a moment. If you're thinking about someone who hurt you, take a moment to start hearing in your head and even write down the story you have made up about that person who you feel hurt you when they said those hurtful words. And maybe they said those words 20 years ago, five years ago, or two days ago. Just think about whatever comes to you now and start hearing your story, whatever that story is. And if you can, write it down. And I'll share one example from myself. I made the story that the other person should be able to control their hurt and anger. And I don't have the time to deal with this right now because I have to do other things and that person's anger is sucking my energy. Okay, so I'll, I'll repeat the story because it's a bit classic and it's got three parts. The story is the other person should be able to control their hurt and anger and I don't have the time to deal with this right now because I have to do other things and their anger is sucking my energy. If you focus on the other person and how bad they are without seeing the story you made up about the person, you're missing the gift of this situation to see what is going on inside of you that is being triggered by their hurt response. We often want our relationship to be perfect, but they weren't designed to be perfect. Quite the opposite. Relationships are a gift for you to see the parts in you that are unhealed, that judge yourself or judge others. So you can start to see how your mind, your subconscious and your unconscious shapes your world and limits your perception or makes you see things in a specific way that limits you. When people have emotions, as we all do, and there is hurt or anger, we think that's bad. Actually, it's very, very human and very ancient. And the hurt or anger or depression is an important step to see what is hidden in the unconscious 
and the subconscious. Otherwise, how would we grow? And the most difficult is the unconscious. That's generational healing. So going back, Patty, to what you were asking about ancestral healing, ancestral healing is often in our unconscious and it can result in all sorts of things, disease, chronic illness, bad luck, car accidents, things that are unexplainable. And people just say, oh, that person's got really bad luck. That's that's often ancestral. And it's connected to karma, but it can be ancestral and handed down through the generations. And it results in us being angry, sometimes unexplainably as well. When we get hurt from someone else's words, it's not about just turning the cheek and getting over it. That's too simplistic. And not only the meaning of Jesus's words. So in the Bible, Jesus has a phrase where he says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek and give give the person the other cheek. Now that's been interpreted in very simplistic ways. There's many dimensions, many, many dimensions to what his teaching is there. One of the aspects is about when you turn the cheek, it's about instead of reacting, look and turn away from conflict and look inside. So I see it as one one of the parts of that teaching is about looking inside as to why that person's hurtful words hurt you. And it's the best way to stop the cycle because then you're not thinking about simply reacting and hurting the person back if they slap you. You're turning the cheek and looking inwards at your feelings, turning away from conflict. And if you look inside, you're able to explore your thoughts, conscious, subconscious, and even unconscious thoughts where there are expectations about relationships and about how others should be and how those expectations are limiting you. Let me go back to my example of the story in my head where I had the thoughts that the person, the other person who hurt me, should be able to control their anger and that I don't have the time to deal with this right now because I have other things to do and that that person's anger is sucking my energy. Where did this story come from? Firstly, it came from the cultural expectation that the person is an adult and should know better. They should control their anger. All or most adults don't have skills to deal with anger. So how are they supposed to deal with anger? That's my expectation. It's a cultural expectation most of us have. And in many cultures, you're not allowed to express anger publicly. And in some families, they have certain rules or judgments, expectations about what's appropriate, how to appropriately express anger. Secondly, if I go to my story where I thought, I don't have time to deal with this right now, I have a belief that I have limited time because there is something important I have to do. And this person's hurt or anger could stop me doing what I want. So actually, my story is showing me 
I believe I can't do what I want or need to do if this person's angry. That comes from my childhood. I'm not going to go into it. But it was a really big, important realisation. My fear is or concern or belief, if that person's angry, I can't get what I want or need. And the third part of the story, their anger is sucking my energy. This is such a classic belief or fear that humans have, that other people's emotions bring you down. For me, specifically in the limitation I created, I made up the story that the person's hurt is sucking my energy because of that belief. I can't do what I want to or need to do. So, wow, being triggered by someone's hurt helped me see I have a belief. I believe I can't do what I want to do or need to do if someone's hurt. And that's important. How many times have I stopped making boundaries of time or expressing my needs, or adapted the choices of what I focus on because of that hidden unconscious belief, I can't do what I want to or need to do. So I hope you can start to see that when you get triggered by someone's hurt, there's something, potentially something underneath there that you could see. And in this situation with this person, what I ended up doing was just saying to myself, I'm going to continue doing what I need to do after that person expressed their hurt. However, I did get grumpy and I projected my anger at them as a way to make them leave me alone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So this is classic. I have a fear. I can't do what I want to do. So I get angry because they're hurt. So I with my anger, push them away. It's a very passive aggressive way of asserting my need to have my space and assert my boundaries. Leave me alone. Because of that hidden belief that I can't do what I want to or need to do, I developed a habit of not saying to others, I can't help you now because I need to do this. And then I get nonverbal and grumpy to push the person away instead of just saying, I can't help you right now. In the case where that person was hurt and I got angry and grumpy with the person, I'm actually repeating the cycle of hurt through passive-aggressive anger. So what I can do in that case is internally say, I don't have to go to the person, I can just do this internally. I sent out a grumpy negative energy that was hurtful to the person. So I can reclaim that energy Internally, I ask forgiveness in my imagination of the person for judging or blaming them. And then I can send the person thanks for helping me to see my limitations, my limiting belief. And I can also send them love. I do a very similar process in the ancestral healing work with people who've passed over. And I do the same with healing with your mother and father, whether they're alive or passed over. It's so important to see why we have specific hurts with our loved ones. Not every hurt is easy like the example I shared. Abuse is very difficult to forgive. However, I have seen people be able to understand and and forgive. 
And if you can see what that hurt has helped you to understand about your perception of yourself and of the world, it is a path to healing and also moving beyond the cycle of hurt. And now Patty is going to share what to do if you have hurt someone and you want to reclaim the energy you sent out with that person. So these questions that I'm going to talk about, you can journal or self-reflect on. Are apologies needed to be said before healing can happen? Yes or no? What if apologies never happen? What if the family member doesn't want to make amends? How will you let go and forgive without an apology? When you are thinking and about an apology to someone, you can always do your apology internally first. Some of us, like myself, find it hard to verbalize when I feel I've hurt someone or I've wronged someone. I see myself as being in the wrong and then I beat myself up. So stop that. Don't keep beating yourself up. It's not going to help anybody. (laughs) If you have hurt someone, acknowledge you've hurt someone and that you don't want to do that that alone is a huge huge step so using the journal questions that patty's given us you can explore what are the benefits of an apology why do you want healing and we'll have those questions in the show notes with family friends and loved ones it's important to verbalize that you are sorry or that you expressed hurt that was hurtful to them and you want their consideration that you're only human and please forgive me. However, if you find it hard to ask for forgiveness out loud and that makes you uncomfortable, just say, I'm sorry. It's so easy. It's two words. People use it fakely sometimes, but you'd be amazed how simple saying I'm sorry can go a very long way and for myself I've found by intentionally first internally reclaiming the energy that I sent to the person and internally saying sorry to the person in my imagination and asking forgiveness I do that first and then later I go to the person to say sorry and it's much more natural in the way I speak and authentic And I don't have as much baggage of beating myself up for being hurtful to them. When unforgiveness takes over your thoughts and heart, recite the Hawaiian forgiveness prayer at least three or more times. It's also called, what is it, Angela? Ho'opono. Thank you. (laughs) Say the person's name and then the prayer. Or you may not get a chance to apologize or get an apology. This prayer will assist to heal and forgive with a true desire to heal the relationship. And this is how the prayer goes. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. 
We would love to hear about your family dynamics and how you conquered and let go of the hurt from angry words said, whether it was you saying them or being directed at you. Thank you so much for listening. Please share the podcast with others and give us a five-star review so more people can find us and listen to this podcast. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the anchor donate button. We really value your feedback. Music